Hello, this is Calvin, and you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. You've accessed the Black Talk Radio Show, where we're bringing you social commentary from an African-American perspective. What I must let you know, though, is that the views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this show and others, please log on to KUCI.org. I got a guy uh, that we're getting ready to interview, Mr. Henry Threadgill. Mr. Threadgill, how you doing, man? Fine, thank you. Good, good, good. Listen, uh, I, first of all, man, just want to let you know how pleased I am to have you on the show and that you took your time out to, to talk with us. And I want to kind of introduce you with something that I put online in terms of our uh, website. And then you'll have some idea of, of what it is that we've uh, already discussed. Um, on March 4th, 2014, from 4 to 4.30 p.m. Pacific time, in Irvine, California, the Black Talk Radio Show presents Henry Threadgill from Chicago, Illinois. Mr. Threadgill is a composer, saxophonist, and flautist who studied at the American Conservatory of Music, co-majoring in piano and flute, along with composition. His music career has span, spanned over 40 years as both the leader and composer. He's had numerous commissions and awards and has composed music for theater, orchestra, solo instruments, and chamber ensembles. He's one of the most original jazz composers of his generation, and his art transcends stylistic boundaries. There may be others who do what he does, but of one thing you can be sure, be it bop, classical, free jazz, ragtime, or what have you, only Henry Threadgill is going to sound like Henry Threadgill. And that's you, my man. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. Oh, no problem, no problem at all. Listen, uh, I'd like to start off with uh, you telling us how you decided to go into music, first of all. Um, I didn't decide. It decided for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, you know, you don't, uh, you get interested in music, and if you stay interested in it and you work on it, at some point you just, you just cross a boundary and you're in it, you know. Uh-huh. It's not like a, I decided to be an athlete okay. or a doctor. You know, new, uh, art is a lot different, you know. You might, some people in the arts, uh, they get in a place where they decide they might have a decision about whether they want to do this or not because of finances, economics right. or something. But even still, they're already in it as a some type of artist, you know. Mm hmm Know, so I was working on music from the time I was a kid, you know, small okay. kid. I was always interested in music. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. So you were, if I'm, if I'm correct, you were born and raised in Chicago, is that right? That's right. Mm -hmm. Okay, and now residing in, in New York. What, what was that transition mm -hmm. like? Or was there a purpose for doing so? Or Of course, yeah, because New York was the, was the artistic, and it's been an artistic capital a number of times, and it still is. Okay. one of the main artistic capitals in the world, you know. So after being in Chicago, it was just it was a limited amount of things that you could do there. I see. You know, so like it's it's like it's the marketplace, you know, it's the place where you would really want to go with what you do to see what you to see how much further you can go. Furthermore, it's the place where uh the amount of uh other artists and musicians from all over the world gather. Uh -huh. So you're going to find the, the, the best people to practitioners of the 
of, of the music business that are going to be found here, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, uh, I mean, it's my understanding, not, not being a musician, but, you know, uh, being around musicians, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I understand that, that, that being in New York uh, allows you, if not uh, uh, kind of like backs you up against a wall if you're tr- trying to do something of, of value, uh in a really, really competitive fashion. I mean, if you can, if you can uh, deal with the with the competition in New York, then you can deal with competition anywhere. Is that is that basically the way it goes? Or yeah, but you could do that. I mean, you know, it's it's about in the end, so you're not in competition with anyone. Okay. Uh, if you if unique if, if the art you make is unique, <laughs> it's not in competition with any other art because okay. there's no other art like it. Mm-hmm. That was always my idea. I never, I never saw anybody to be in competition with because I, I found a way of doing things my way and pursuing my own vision uh-huh. that I didn't have to worry about, like you know how I stacked up beside someone else because it's the uniqueness in people in the artist that makes the difference. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, when you, when you freelancing and you can run into competition, you know playing in uh, ensembles, orchestras, whatever, because there's so many good players. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, but I didn't come to New York to be a, to be a freelancer, to be a side man. That's not where I came here, uh-huh. you know. I had my own group when I came here, and I never really ma- intended on making a living trying to play in other people's bands and ensembles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that um, that in and of itself, as far as I'm concerned, and, uh, you know, as I said, I'm, I'm, I've, I've, written with artists, uh, musicians especially, and talk mm-hmm. with them. And uh, something that I think is so, so very important is the fact that if you do your stuff, then it, it takes you out of that mode of trying to do, uh, trying to be uh, the best at it, because pretty much you already are the best at it because it's yours. Is that the yeah. way you, you're looking at it? Yeah. You know, because you get better at it uh-huh. than what you're doing. Always, you know, as you things get more mature, uh, you get more in depth and things, but you're right. You know, you you're uniquely in a place that no one else is in. Right, right. You know? So as a, I mean, you you you. I, I, now this is just something I, I I found out on my own, but you can you know you can uh, expand my knowledge in this regard because I understand that you you play the flute, piano, saxophone, and uh, is is it that just those three, or are you playing no, other instruments? I I played. Uh, saxophone, mm-hmm. flute, clarinet, and I played bassoon for a while. Okay, okay. I, I'm not a pianist, but I I can play the I can play the piano well enough okay, for okay. my own purposes. I studied piano, and I I started out playing piano. Anyway, that was the first instrument I played. Mm-hmm. So I've always been able to, to make my way around the piano. Okay, you know? okay. But uh, now I just basically play alto saxophone, mm-hmm. flute. And bass flute. Okay. Okay. They play all the pretty much all of the saxophones uh-huh. and different clarinets and things. But that, that's all I've been playing for years now. Just those three instruments. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, in in terms of uh, the piano, you studied uh, piano with uh, Gail Quillman, I think it was. That's right. Yeah. What was that experience like? That was a great experience okay. because uh, she had the patience okay. <laughs> to deal with me. Uh, uh, the I was I I well the thing is um, when I went to the conservatory 
schools now, you know, people can major in uh, different styles of music. You couldn't major in different styles okay. of music. It was just one music. It was just classical music. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, no such thing as, like, I'm coming here to learn country western or jazz. None of that. Okay. You had to learn western music, western classical music. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was, uh, a, I had been a clarinet major, and I, when I switched to a flute major, um, and went into composition. Well, at that time, anyone that majored in composition, they you had to they put a big piano requirement on you. No kidding. So you were, you were almost like a piano major. Uh-huh. The things that you had to play. Uh-huh. So it was it was very difficult uh, for me to have to learn all this music, keyboard music, mm-hmm. and still I had to maintain my flute work. Right. You know. Yeah. And uh. And now, you know, you can major in composition and you don't have to be a pianist. I got you. I <laughs> you got know? you. Yeah. But at that time, they could, they, it's just some old, that's the kind of old European style uh-huh. approach that, that you have to be a pianist. Okay. Okay. Know? Okay. Yeah. So, so how, I mean, in, in, in terms she, of. She's the one who taught me all these, how to get around it, you know, play these pieces, you know. She taught you how to get around having to play the piano to make. No, she taught me how to play a, this this music. You know, like oh, okay. the things you had to play. You know, uh-huh. it was, I mean, you know, sonatas and etudes and just <laughs> you name it. Right, know? right, right. And 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 you also you uh, uh, Stella Roberts. Uh, she was a that composer, was, I, right? I studied composition with her. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And that was at right. the same uh, conservatory. Exactly. Okay. Now that now that's that's a you know amazing to me because uh, after having studied from a classical perspective, you had to kind of like transition into jazz. What was that like for you? I know Not it had really to be kind of difficult. Because the, no, because there's really no transition. Okay. Because see, uh, I think it's a better program than like people trying to learn an uh, aspect of music. I think you 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 come out short mm-hmm. when you just try to learn a little bit about music, country and western or uh, Bootu theater okay. music or something. You know, uh-huh. it's better to learn the big picture mm-hmm. and and then become specific about what you want to do. I got you. You got to remember, got you. jazz in a way was formulated from African music and European music uh-huh. in the first place. So it was, you know, it, it was it was always there. You know, the uh, anybody when you listen to all the great Strad pianists. If you couldn't play Chopin, there's no way possible you could play any Strad piano. You say you could not, well, if that's all you... You could not, because okay. all the Strad pianos could play Chopin, because that's where that technique came from. I got you, I got you. See? Okay. So, okay. It's, it was, it only enhances what you do, you okay. know. The, okay. more, the, the African music and the wedding, or African music with any other music in the world, has been... The, what has been the basis of what so-called jazz, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the music that came over from Africa, and that coupled with music from everywhere that was been digested into this language called jazz. Wow. So uh, it's nothing to really transition to mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. or from. Okay. okay. I, I think it's, a, like I said, my opinion today is that, like, um, the schools are, are really... Uh, have the wrong approach and teach. They, I don't think they should be teaching people how to play jazz in the first place. Okay, okay. 
Wow, that's that, that man. <laughs> that's something because I, I, you know, I, I feel you on that because of the fact that I was just discussing with somebody how important it is to have a feel for what it is that you do for your instrument and, and a connection to that particular instrument and whatever you know uh, genre you're going into. Because the fact of the matter is, you can get on a computer and make some music. You know, but is that really fulfilling what it is that you desire to do and 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 satisfying the ears of the listener? And so to think that, you know, there's a, a specific thing to learn like jazz or 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 rock or uh, hip hop or whatever the case might be. What I'm hearing you say, in essence, is that we're trying to learn music, you know, not you any specific music thing. And yeah. then you should take it on your own. Too. OK, it's like, you know, it's like. Uh, you you learn medicine. You have to be learn medicine, general medicine. Uh-huh. And then you want to get specific. You want to be a brain surgeon, whatever it is that you want to learn. You want to be a heart specialist. You want to specialize in this in uh, in uh, pediatrician medicine, you know, uh, orthopedic medicine, whatever the case might be. But first, you have to learn the general, mm-hmm. which is everything. You know. Okay. So that's where I feel like this. Uh, American uh, European music, which is not American music, which is European classical music. Okay. I think that you know to be grounded in all of that information, all music from the West. Mm-hmm. We live in the Western Hemisphere. Right. So, if you if you don't know all of the information, you're going to run out of information in time when you try to expand. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I you, got you. You need information to expand. You know. You can't expand on on nothing, mm. you know. But and what I mean by not teaching it is that like there's some things the that you know you can have ensembles and teach people history and different things. But I'm really opposed to people teaching people how to play, how to solve problems. Uh huh. Uh huh. See because. You got 10, 15, 20, 35 people stand up in front of one person and tell them how to do something. Uh-huh. They're like a bunch of robots. All of them got the same solution okay. to the problem. Okay, okay, okay. Wow. And the thing is, another aspect is this. We have yet, we have to wait, a, we're going to have to wait a long time to see where all these people that have gone to institutions to study jazz to see what their contribution to this music will be because they haven't made a contribution yet Uh in terms of anything that can be marked down historically. They haven't done anything innovative. There's a lot of people with degrees, but all of the people that that innovated in this music, they didn't have, they didn't study jazz in Mm -hmm. any school. A lot of them uh, had musical uh, different amounts of musical education. Some of them were all self-taught, but they created some very sophisticated music. So now, I think you have to look at all of the all of the uh, people that are coming out of institutions and see how they impact. And to this moment, they've made no impact. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. Listen, I, I read somewhere uh, that the jazz avant-garde has produced dozens of notable improvisers. Not surprisingly, since improvisation is arguably the music's defining element, but relatively few great composers. Henry Thrid- Threadgill is a member of that exclusive club. Now, uh, improvisation is being taught in colleges as well, you know, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> on the, on, I on think that's, 
that's okay. You know, okay, that's okay. Things about uh-huh. improv- I think that's important, you know, because there's all different types of improvisation, once again. I got you. You know, uh, not just in the world of so-called jazz. They got all kinds of people improvising all kinds of music, mm-hmm. you know. And I think it's important, again, to know as much information as you possibly can. I got you. Uh, get. Because it's only going to serve you in the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so when you uh, when you were you know when you were in, in school in the in conservatory, um, mm-hmm. what did you purpose to do while there? Uh, you know, in, in in alignment with how you know hard you were going to have to work to accomplish what it was that you were looking to do. How well, did you go about that? I was just like you know I was just trying to uh, first of all. Uh, the reason I was in school is a totally different reason from w- w- what the average student is in school okay. to do now. Mm-hmm. They're in school now to get a degree in jazz or a degree in something. I was never interested in a degree. Okay. What I was interested in was taking every musical program that they had in the catalog. Wow. Wow, that's important. <laughs> My goodness. And so uh, after you, so your purpose in essence was to be the best you could be, basically. Yeah, and to get every piece of information that they had. Okay. That's why I kept changing majors. I got you. If I complete a major, then they would try to give me a degree. Oh, okay. So okay. I changed majors because there were still courses in the book. I mm. wanted everything that they had. Okay, okay. Wow, that's, that's, that's so important. Um, what are you, uh, you know, because I, I got the, the, or had the honor, man, I feel of, of seeing you live in San Francisco. And, uh, I was just totally taken aback because, you know, like you said that you, you know, you studied pretty much every aspect of music in terms of what it is that you were looking to do. And you mm-hmm. did some conducting at, 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 at this, uh, uh, performance and it was amazing to me because I've, I, I, you know, I've had the opportunity to go to, I think, one classical concert and saw someone conduct. But I had never mm-hmm. saw, seen anyone conduct and then leave and go sit down while the music was playing. What? Well, <laughs> that was just, that's just the way that, we, that, that I, I operate with that ensemble. Okay, you know? okay. Because I don't, I don't conduct any other ensembles. Uh-huh. And it's in a very limited way. I'm, yeah. I'm not doing a very limited amount of conducting because right. it's, as far as I'm concerned, it's a bit it's distracting in terms of the kind of music that we're playing. Oh, it's okay. It's not distracting if you sit in, if you go to see a symphony mm-hmm. or, or, or orchestra and the conductor's there because we're used to him being there all the time. Right, and right. It's not a bit of a distraction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I see it as a bit of a distraction, uh, and so I just get out the way. Right. Because I'm not always necessary, you know. Okay, okay. I'm there just for key, for key moments. Mm-hmm. To, to make sure things uh, coagulate or come together in a certain way. Okay. You know, other than that, the musicians can can handle it. You know. <laughs> so you give them the freedom to do so. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course. So, so tell me in terms of, of 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 how you did that because it was it was spectacular to me, man. Because I, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm 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 watching you. You know, you 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 go over there and you make a few moves and that kind of thing, and then you walk away and 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 you and and the expression on your face is like, yeah, they got it, they got it. You know, and then you sit down and groove for a little while, you know, and then get back up. 
And so what I what I'm seeing, and I don't know if this is the case or not, but what I'm seeing is I think some some music that's uh, that's being improvised by them uh, while at the same time adhering to whatever it is that your purpose was with the music. Is that how it went, pretty much, or? I'm sorry. Say that again. What I saw was that they were they were each of the each of the instrumentalists was was at some point or another improvising, right? The music and mm-hmm. and there were there were parts of it where they they knew what you wanted in terms of not improvising, and it seemed like at some point they'd be playing what you know uh, your your stuff, and then they go into you know into their own improvis you know improvisation. Is that pretty much how it went, or? Uh, they, they, we kind of um, we we practice and do certain things in a rehearsal. Okay. Um, and we know we have room to do certain things and other things we don't do. Okay. And um, I'm not one to experiment in front of people. Okay. Experiment okay. Uh-huh. away from people. Uh, but when improvisation moments happen, sometimes things kind of start taking their own direction, and you just have to let it, let that happen. Oh, okay. Uh, and okay. I never interfere oh. in anything like that. Oh. You know, it's like a it's like a character de- development. Like all mm-hmm. of a sudden, you know, you write you got the, you write this story, and you write this, and you got this character, and you've just you've given the background on this character. Now this character starts doing some wild things over beyond. I got you. Right. Well, you just might you might have to let it go on anyway because uh-huh. that's what's happening. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you got to let it go. Wow. You know? Wow. Wow. Yeah. That 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 you know that really I mean that enthralled me, man. Because it's for me anyway. I think it's 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 difficult for a lot of us if we have something in mind that we want done. We want it done in a certain way and that kind of thing. So anything outside of that, you know, kind of disturbs us. But what I'm hearing from mm-hmm. you is that you oh, really, about anything yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't have anything in mind anyway. But okay. I, what I want, what I want, I, we set up um, a direction. Uh huh. And I don't know what's going to occur when we're going that direction. Okay. You know, um, that's that's left to the spontaneity of the moment. Okay. You know, the musicians, okay. uh-huh. creativity don't. Don't want to plan these kind of things. Yeah, just the direction you need to you need to know. Okay, I got you. You know, I'm going left here. <laughs> you know, we're going right here. Right. You know, we're going right. to make a stop over here. But you know, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You have to ha- have some kind of a uh, a a plan of movement. Right. Because movement is extremely important because that's music moves in time. So you need to have movement design mm-hmm. in mind. Mm-hmm. You know. Wow. That's the same as in the film. You have to have movement design, and I think it, in literature, too, things that move uh, in time, you know. You yeah. need to have a have a, some kind of plan for that. Right, know? right, right. So so how does that, how, I mean, when you, once you, once you're, you've, you know, you've, you've done your, you've done your piece, you've done your performance, you, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the music has stopped. Uh, where is Henry Threadgill at that moment? Uh, I really don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I'm, uh, I'm just as elated as... Yeah. Um, I mean, I only... I'm not really in the audience because my mind is... I'm operating in an ensemble. As right. I, I might as well have a history in my hand because... <laughs> right, I'm, exactly. I'm with them every step of the right. way. I have to stay 
because with if with things take a unusual turn, I have to I have to know what's going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like I said, things take turns all the time, and you have to be you you can't blank out for a minute. Right. You, you lose the you lose the thread. So they're like I'm I'm of no service. Mm-hmm, if if mm-hmm. if, uh, if I'm needed to come back and do any direction, I see? got you. I got you. So you can't lose you can't lose it for a minute. So like it's just constant listening from uh, up from my end, which is a different end from just sitting there and receiving it. See, I'm not there receive. I'm not there as a listener receiver. I'm a partic- I'm a participant listener as opposed to receiving listener. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I uh, you know I, I I do do these interviews. I you know I'm, mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty new at this. I've been doing it about a year and a half now, and uh, I always have to let the uh, uh, the guy who puts it on the uh, website know uh, who it is that I'm interviewing, and I and I write mm-hmm. a little piece for him. And he said, for you know, this is the first time he's ever responded in this way. And when he read it, he said, "Wow, nice booking. Thread deal is amazing." How <laughs> how does that how does that hit you, man? Because I know you you know all the awards and things that you've received. I know you know that 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 you hear this quite a bit. How does that mm-hmm. sound to you? How does how, what does that do for Henry Threadgill? Well, it, it's uh, uh, it's it's encouraging. It feels good because like you know uh, I play music for the people. Okay, okay. You know that's mm-hmm. what I do. I play music for the people, and uh, it's good to know that. that when people respond to it, you know, right, like, right. yeah, good, because yeah. that's what I'm doing it for. I'm not doing it for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, I'm doing it for, for the, for, for people's right. well-being. Right. You know. Right. Right. You know. Yeah. You know, it's a, there's something, is a, there's a little line that Coltrane left, quotation. Mm-hmm that I always think of. He said, I just want to be a force for good. Oh, man. Wow. That's you know, something. and I always thought that was um, appropriate. Uh-huh. Um, little thing, to, a quote from him that this, this, I, I, this serves as the position that I have. That's the same position I have. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Man. That's amazing. You know, uh, time time always flies, man. When things are mm-hmm. doing good, and uh, we got a, a just a couple of minutes left, and I'd mm-hmm. like uh, just to you know, um, uh, you know, just ask you if I, I got. I know there's some people listening, young students, as a matter of fact. I know they listen to this program, and mm-hmm. uh, and and they're in college right now, and probably some of them are taking up you know uh, jazz or whatever because they mm-hmm. have a program you know that right. that addresses that. What uh, would you say to them in terms of what they should focus on right now as they're studying this specific uh, uh, genre of music? Uh, all of the different, um, all of the different, uh, you know, the music has been uh, categorized to like uh, straight jazz, classical right, jazz, and right. other. Mm-hmm. Well, they should be listening to all of it and not get focused on any one aspect. Okay, okay. Because they're, they're learning. If you if you allow yourself to get fixed, yeah, you're yeah. going to miss a lot of information. 
Because like I said, see, you need to be a general practitioner. And not just that, they need to, oh and beyond that, my husband said, is they study music. I got you. I got you. If you don't know the music of, if you don't know anything about Bach or, or Chopin or Schoenberg or Berg mm-hmm. or Weber or Boulez, you're making a serious mistake, you know. Okay. It's like you need to know something about country and Western music, and you need to know everything about Latin music. Mm. Wow. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, this country now, you need to know everything about the music from the Middle East, uh-huh. music from the Arabic world, the music from China, because the country now is full of, it's a mix of these people. you got to remember, jazz was came alive down in New Orleans, and you got to remember that was the atmosphere of the French. Right, right. The ta- and the Spanish, and people from the islands, and African music, and it was all, it all came together through all of this cultural mix. Right. So here we are again in this country with a, a large cultural bit, and you really shouldn't be sitting around here not listening to and learning all this music from okay. Haiti. Okay. okay. And from Morocco. Right, right. And from Tokyo or wherever it comes from. Because mm-hmm. with the large amounts of communities here, you know, these people are playing that music here, and it's a it's a whole lot to learn and to be put into the music that you're trying to make. I got you. I got you. you. Know? Yeah. Yeah, and it's, a, and it's a lot easier today as well because back in, exactly. you know, when you were doing that, they didn't have all the toys now. Yeah, exactly. Like said, they got, everybody got these toys. They got right. the web, web this and cell phone that, computer this, computer that. So it's very easy now. Right, right, you know? exactly, exactly. Man, I, I just I just thank you so much, and uh, uh, you've taught me, man, a, a whole lot, you know, that I had no idea about, and um, I just want everybody to understand how important your contribution to music well, is, and so if you well, could... Thank you so much. Oh, man, and my, and my pleasure entirely. Is there a way that, that, you know, because I want them to be aware, is there a way that we can access your music and also find out where you're going to be in this country or in the world, and if we happen to be there, we can come in and, and, and check you out? Is well, you know, Pyrex, P- P- I've been recording with them for a while. They, they've got all of the Zuid records, but Mosaic records, uh-huh. they put out a box. There's a box set on, on most of the recordings, you know, from all the major labels I was on, Aris to Columbia, all those okay. labels, okay. RCA. Uh, and then Black Saint has a box. Black Saint records has a whole box set on me. Okay. And so there's just a, a little bit outside of those two boxes mm-hmm. and the current Pi recordings. Okay. That you know, but if you look if you look if you look online and where you'll see all of the recordings, you know, discography. Uh-huh. You know. Uh-huh. The things that are not in those boxes. Okay. And um I don't have a I don't do any website right, things right. or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But um N- number of people put up when I'm getting ready to play anyway. I got you. Put it okay. out. Okay. Okay. You know, okay. They just take it on themselves <laughs> to put it out there. I don't know what they call it. Uh, yeah. Okay. Like some kind of a, I don't know what they call it. Some kind of a. So it's a format where you put up information. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some kind of web 
information. Uh huh. So uh-huh. Um, it generally gets out. Okay. You know? Okay. Okay. Uh, if it's in, if it's in the, in, in the United States and in Europe, it's a little different because I have different people there doing things for me. I got you. Know? you. I got you. Well, but well, here it generally gets out. You know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, when I was just there, it, it seemed like it got out. The place was pretty full of me. It yeah, like it was very full. Sold right. out to me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I'm that, hoping and to get down in your area. Yeah, yeah. Been down there in ages. I haven't oh been in Los man. Angeles in yeah. Ages. Yeah, yeah. You know. And hopefully, I really would like to get back there. Yeah, hopefully we'll have an opportunity because I'm certainly going to put it out, and we're gonna we're gonna uh, crowd whatever venue it is when we when we find out because I'm gonna put it on the air. Uh, okay. Again, I, I I just thank you so much, man. And well, thank and, you, uh, Calvin. And, and, I appreciate yeah, you uh, yeah. taking this time. Oh, not a problem at all. Mm-hmm. And 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 we'll talk again, man, real soon. Okay, and thanks all right. again. And, all right. Uh, give my best to Nicole. I sure will. All okay. Right. All right. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay, y'all. That was uh, Henry Threadgill. Uh, if you if you guys have never gotten an opportunity to 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 hear what he does, uh, if you find out about it and it's going to be somewhere here, uh, be sure to look it up. But if you're anywhere in the country and something crosses your page where you see that Henry Threadgill is going to be performing, I suggest that you go out because you'll not find anyone anyone on the planet like him. And he's been along around for a while now, you guys, and uh, he's gonna show you some things that you've never ever seen before and uh as a as a as a guy told me once he was like 90 years old i think he said calvin i've forgotten more things than you'll ever know <laughs> you know what i mean so if you're interested in, in in music period like he said not just jazz but music period you want to uh get uh an opportunity take an opportunity to find out about Henry Threadgill, and uh, of course you can go to Wikipedia or anywhere. Just put his name in the, uh, you know, in the in the address, and 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 you'll find Henry Threadgill. Okay, I want to just thank you guys so much for listening in to the first half of the show, and we're gonna be back in just a minute to uh, do the second half. So just hold on. Okay, this is Calvin again. Wow, that was a startler for me, (laughs) y'all. Okay, as I was saying, this is Calvin again, and you're listening to the Black Talk Radio Show. What we're doing is bringing you bits of social commentary from an African-American perspective. I must let you know that the views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this program on others, please log on to KUCI.org. Okay. Um, what we do on the, on the second half is um, I um, have written a blog. I write one every week. I have written a blog, and this one is entitled Should Have Been There, and I'm talking about something that occurred right here on campus here at UCI. 
And so what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to uh, let you listen to the recording, and then we'll come back a little later on after the recording and do a little discussing of what it is that I was trying to express. Professor Nicole Mitchell of the University of California in Irvine spearheaded the first black urban music conference this past weekend because, according to her, African-American music, culture, and history speaks to the core of American history and culture, and presently, because of limited exposure, our students are being denied access while studying at UCI. Our students should not be put at a disadvantage. When they depart from UCI with their degree, they should be prepared to navigate the diverse multidimensional environment of our American population. They shouldn't pay tuition and study diligently to enter into the world with ignorance. As everyone present at this phenomenal event can attest, if you weren't there, you really missed out on an opportunity to be entertained while expanding your cultural horizons at the same time. According to renowned author, critic, and musician Greg Tate, scholarship as performance she pulled off. Professor Mitchell started on this project six months ago, and with the assistance of history PhD student Marcus Presswood, she was able to bring African-American musical expressions to the forefront by way of musicians slash scholars like the aforementioned Greg Tate, who was the conference's keynote speaker. Mr. Tate is also the founder and leader of the Burnt Sugar Orchestra Chamber, an ensemble that turned the audience on its head Saturday night, dazzling us with a technique called conduction, which he had both elaborated on and allowed the audience to participate in at an earlier conduction workshop. Marcus Presswood and the Professor Mitchell were able to petition the presence of Nigerian master drummer Najiti Agendotan and Chicago-born Nigerian Ugoji Nwaugwugwu, an international performer extraordinaire of dance and song known as the African Butterfly. Both these artists, along with LA's Afrobeat Agendotan family band, that is, performed and wowed us on Friday night with compelling rhythms and vocalized staccato phrases. The two artists returned on Saturday for an interview that spoke volumes about their affiliation and respect for Nigerian musician and composer Fela, who changed the course of Nigerian political history through his pioneering of the Afrobeat genre while losing his mother in the aftermath of her being thrown out the window by a Nigerian soldier. Both Lugoji and Najite selflessly shared with us their current life's work, their respective visions and future objectives, while displaying an apparent dedication to continuing Fela's legacy of altering socio-political consciousness through music as a means of soliciting justice and freedom for all. I'm positive that everyone present left with a sense of inspiration, appreciation, and some degree of personalized motivation. Then there was music producer Roz G, whose presentation on Saturday awakened some and reminded others of the importance and value derived from immersing oneself in whatever endeavor one might undertake. He exemplified the significance of cherishing the process one goes through to manifest an idea, and then illustrated the importance of being willing to share the outcome with others. 
I was personally enamored with the unheralded creativity that this young cat brought to the table, and I'm anxious to witness the unlimited possibilities that lie ahead in terms of new and fresh stuff. It goes without saying that I was amazingly impressed with the honesty and integrity of music producer Riot, who unashamedly admitted an affinity for black cultural aesthetics and openly demonstrated how her music was infused with African-American influences. Giving credit to others is not something that is readily carried out by others, especially when it comes to some of the accomplished white artists admitting the true source of their work. Her acknowledgement of such and her being of the Caucasian persuasion gives credence to her honesty and allowed her not only to give credit where credit is due, but freed her to unabashedly share the undeniable uniqueness of her craft with us all. Now, the conference started out with a screening and discussion of the film, Long Road to the Hall of Fame, with Moroccan filmmaker Rita Zine, his subject of the film, Malik Farrakhan, UCI's own professor of Middle Eastern history, Mark Levine, and legendary rap artist and composer Chuck D, with whom all three have a meaningful affiliation. Film was centered around an arduous trek by two African-American pro footballers, that being the former Tony King, Malik Farrakhan, and his brother Charles, to election two, but an as-of-yet unfulfilled induction into the NFL Hall of Fame. In relation to the conference itself, this particular portion readied us for the conference's overall focus, that focus being to encourage the counter-dialogue of visionary artists who impact global consciousness while existing outside of the formal channels and economies that corporate and mainstream culture perpetuates. Kind of reminds me of the veil concept that W.B. Du Bois spoke of, where black folks can see what's on the other side of the veil, but can't participate in it. Professor Mitchell's goal of exposing us to the existence and importance of black culture was certainly met. What we do with it is yet to be seen. Of one thing I am sure, however, if we are to prepare for a maximally beneficial interaction with our fellow inhabitants, let us be ever aware that we must take advantage of every opportunity that allows us to do so. We can't cry now about what we woulda, coulda, or shoulda done, but I implore those of you who did not attend the conference to go online and access and investigate the significance of those present at the conference and to unequivocally vow to yourselves that the next time you hear of Professor Nicole Mitchell throwing a function at the junction, you're definitely going to be there. I'll holler. Okay. Um, I think um, that it's amazing how two different parts of the show interact with one another. It's like collaboration, ain't it? Because <laughs> I had... Uh, no intent of, of of bringing the two of these things together, but something that um, um, our our guest Henry Threadgill said that was attributed to uh, John Coltrane, I think, is a, a, a segue into what it is that this blog speaks of, and what he said that that John Coltrane said and that he uh, tries to follow himself is, I just want to be a force for good. I just want to be a force for good. And uh, Nicole, Professor Nicole um, Mitchell definitely demonstrated that and and achieved that, you know, in through this conference. And um, I'm just so, uh, so pleased to have been 
uh, able to witness what happened on on that particular on those two days, Friday and Saturday of this past week. And I uh, definitely feel that everybody, everybody should have been there. Everybody should have been there. Um, And it's uh, amazing also to me how we have opportunities to uh, contribute to the well-being of others and uh, uh, subsequently the well-being of ourselves, and we don't take advantage of it simply because I believe anyway or hope anyway that we're not aware of the significance of our presence at such an event as uh, took place last weekend. Um, the people that were there, and, and, and hopefully the listeners can, you know, po- possibly talk to any of those people, and they'll be, you know, definitely able to tell you uh, how important it was for them to be present there and to learn some things that I know they did not know, you know, because myself being a, 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 of the African-American persuasion, there were some things I heard and some things I learned that, that uh, I felt that, you know, being the age that I am, I should have I known a long time ago, you know, especially the, the situation with uh, the two football players, um, Tony and, and Charles King. Now, I think it was something like 1967, uh, that they were both uh, uh, playing on the same professional football team, you know, and that was the first time that this had ever happened in the history of the NFL, you know, that two African-American brothers played on the same team, and it was the the Buffalo Bills. And um, some years later, I think pro- possibly about nine, nine or ten years ago, um, they were uh, elected to be in the Football Hall of Fame. You know, now, irregardless of, of the, the impact they made in terms of setting records and that kind of thing, I don't think is, is as, as important as the fact that two African-American brothers played on the same team because those of you who know anything about history know that it took a long time for football players to play on a team if they were African-American. Jackie Robinson, who everybody knows about, you know, was the first black man to participate in, the, in, in, in baseball. But there were a couple of players in football who came before him, you know, um, who started before him. But never in the history of that sport, uh, football, did any two African-American brothers play and then play on the same team. And for me, that in and of itself was, uh, you know, uh, worthy of being nominated into the uh, NFL Hall of Fame. But as I said, nine or ten years ago, they were nominated. But as of yet, they have not been inducted. And uh, I just think that's that that that's something. You know, uh, it's it's it, it it speaks volumes though of 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 what it takes for a certain group of people to fit in into the the mainstream of society simply because of, of, of the color of their skin. And then other things, like we might say, well, that really wasn't a great achievement. You know, uh, th- th- you know there are other brothers who uh, were played on the same football team at the same time. And uh, if there are, I'd like somebody to, you know, give me a call. Let me know who those other brothers were, you know. And uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sure that that, that that was a possibility. But as, a, as I said before, the fact that two African-American brothers played on the same football team that is one at one time did not allow black participants is in and of itself worthy of a uh, you know of, of an induction and it, it it serves as a catalyst for other young black and any any uh, 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 race of, 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 of person being a young young boy or, or you know we don't know 
if if I mean because girls I'm sure are gonna be uh, um, kind of like influenced as well if they hear of someone being inducted to the into the into the Hall of Fame, two black boys being inducted to into the two black men being inducted to the Hall of Fame, and then and then looking at perhaps their own lives, you know maybe they got a sister or a brother that plays a sport, you know, and, and even though they might not get into the same uh, uh, situation where they're nominated, at least they have something to to you know uh uh look at in terms of the things that are possible you know and 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 i think this is a, a, a you know just a universe of unlimited possibilities and when those possibilities are, are are put to the forefront you know i think it allows us an opportunity to understand that we too can do these things uh and and that uh in and of itself is not the 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 gist of what this conference was about you know, but it did did lend a, a lot of credibility to the purpose of the conference, you know, and that being to just allow people to see that contributions come from everywhere, you know, and to not take uh, an opportunity to reflect on and to celebrate uh, what happens in, in the course of our, our existence on this planet. Uh, it, 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 it takes something from us, you know, it takes something from our ability to understand how important it is that we can continue to contribute to understand that we do have something to contribute and to and to hope that our our you know our skin tell, color will not deter us from contributing those things you know the guy Raj G I'm going to jump to him uh young cat I I think he's in his early 30s you know and uh he talked a, a lot about the underground you know how at one point uh you know and and even today in some situations you know he's considered one of the uh underground producers you know and 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 why do you have to go underground you know to do something that is a benefit to other people you know because underground insinuates uh illegal illegality if that's the way you you say that I'm not sure <laughs> but things that are illegal that you're not supposed to do and I think that not allowing something that that people do into the mainstream of society, not allowing others an opportunity to to uh, uh, witness their expressions is, uh, you know, it, it's not good for any of us. And so to have to, you know, go underground to do some things that should be above ground, you know, for me anyway, it's ludicrous. And so this young cat, I mean, the things that he did. Uh, uh, with his 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 uh, e equipment, with the technology that he used, and and the creativity that 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 ensued from from his his mind and his spirit, you know, and then uh, the the expression of such, the manifestation of such, was just a phenomenal phenomenal undertaking, and it and it and it showed us the quality of what it is that he does, and also showed us that there are some things that are right now unheard of or unseen that we definitely need to take a look at because anyone aspiring to do what he does to be a producer you know uh in any any realm like like uh mr threadgill talked about earlier you know if you know music then you can think can taper off into a specific genre and this young cat i mean he knows music you know and uh and the genre that he he you know went off into is something i think that is uh uh, kind of accepted in the underground, you know, but it should be made mainstream for sure, you know, because I truly, truly enjoyed it. And I'm, you know, I'm one, I'm not of that generation, you know, but I can definitely appreciate uh, creativity, 
creativity and artistry when I'm able to witness it. And, and that was certainly an opportunity for me to do that. Uh, and I just hope that what uh, uh, Professor Mitchell has done is open up that, 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 that door, you know, open up that door to the place where a lot of us don't venture in because for some of us, we don't even know it exists, you know. And then the, the uh, riot, I talked about riot for a minute and what, uh, you know, in the blog. And what, what amazed me is that uh, she being of the Caucasian persuasion and being able to express how important it is for her, you know, to, to attribute uh, the things that she does to the people that made it possible, you know, was just amazing. There's a lot of, a lot of artists who speak about uh, their, their music and claim it as their own. When in reality they 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 garnered it from someone else and 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 refused to give credit to that person, you know. And I know that happens in a lot of arenas. You know, uh, I I hear a lot of a lot of preachers, as a matter of fact, talking about you know something uh, that they stole from somebody else, you know. And I don't have a problem with that because they admitted that they got it from somewhere else and they attributed it to that person. And I think that's so important in being able to express your true self. Because anytime you're playing somebody else's stuff and claiming it as your own, there has to be something going on in your conscious. I would hope there's something going on in your conscious that that doesn't allow you to really express your true self. And 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 um, uh, this young lady was able to do so, and it was just so amazing to me because of the fact that I had not witnessed something of that nature before uh, to that degree. You know, I've heard people who have attributed things to someone else. But to see it demonstrated uh, live was, uh, you know, was another uh, eye-awakening experience. And I just applaud her for being able to do so. And I say to all of you who are listening, regardless of the color of your skin, understand that it's okay. It's okay to be influenced by other people's stuff. You know, it's okay. But don't claim it as your own. You know what I mean? <laughs> because once you once you do that, you negate the possibility of being honest and truthful, and you kind of diminish... Uh, the the uh, influence or the 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 uh, importance of what it is that you do to carry over and to the people who are listening to to what it is that you're doing, and uh, she was able to do what she did with no inhibitions, whatever whatsoever, because of the fact that she was honest about how she does what she does. Um, Miss Miss uh, 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 Mitchell, <laughs> Professor Mitchell, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, her her goal of exposing us to the existence and importance of black culture was, was was certainly met, as I said. But the thing that still remains is what I what are we going to do with it? You know, what are we going to do with it? You know, and I think it's so important that we understand that if we're going to continue to 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 make an attempt to be of one accord with with others, which is of utmost importance, then we have to at least accept the fact that there are contributions that have not been uh, witnessed, contributions that are, are, are underground, so to speak, that we need to be made aware of. Because what I gained from being a part of this conference, you know, uh, uh, is just is just amazing. And what it did was inspire me to continue continue doing what it is that I do in order that all might be exposed to what it is that's available to us. And um, uh, I just 
so appreciate you guys listening to what it is that I have to say. I so appreciate Mr. Henry Threadgill for coming in and taking us to school, you know, because he said some things that were of utmost importance in terms of what it is when you're pursuing uh, uh, that or you're in that endeavor of, of acquiring knowledge about music uh, that I think all of you guys uh, that are aspiring to be musicians should definitely take a look at and uh, do what you can to kind of um, incorporate into your own uh, into your own way of acquiring knowledge about what it is that you do. So I want to thank him. I want to thank you guys for listening. And uh, I want you to stay tuned because Tona is going to be coming on and she's going to be doing something that I know you guys want to be a part of, and that's a serendipitous love for film. And uh, she's going to be on from 5 to 6 p.m. So you guys stay tuned. And as always, in parting, I'll holler. Thank you.